Today is February 19th, and the boys from the back pocket are back. Episode 3, Declan Brown, how are we? We're phenomenal. It is uh, Monday morning. What a time, you know. Just nothing, no no, no other time like it, pretty much, is how I like to say. Um, but we're feeling great. Uh, we got a lot of content here for you guys today. Uh, we're going to be talking a uh, little average quality. We got, we got time zones. We got time zones. We got Olympic talk, because... Yeah. It's the Olympics right it now. Olympics. It's a hot topic. It's a finite moment. Uh, there's a lot going on, whether it's finger skating, whether it's uh, luge, or you got curling on all the time. Or skeleton. Skeleton. People forget skeleton is way cooler than luge because they're head first. Head first. It might be the most dangerous sport in Ever. existence. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, they have the one where they cross-country ski and then shoot things. What's that one called? Um, Decathlon. The cross-country shooting. The skeet, skeet shooting with cross-country involved? I don't know what they call it. No, but it was, it's, it's impressive. Yeah. Good they, for them. They need to steal themselves, which yeah. is something I rarely can do. Yeah. Uh, hockey, women's and men's, that's pretty standard. I don't, skiing, snowboarding. Yeah. It, it's all over the place. But uh, before we get into the Olympics, and before we get to our interview today also, we have Cole Kelly on today, um, our fifth tight end. Which is like we are not planning on getting five tight ends on our show when we first started. No, um, but it turns out tight ends are like the greatest position of all time. They might be the most pivotal position on a football team at this point. Yeah, Maybe most to this podcast. I would also say most pivotal position on a podcast yeah. as well. Uh, unbelievable. But anyway. let's start off this podcast how we always do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with an average quality. Um, we're average podcasters, like we say, um, and we have to just reinforce how average we are. So we're going to start with an average quality. This time, again, we're sticking with the Olympic theme, is these time zones. Um, I really can't get the hang of um, when Pyeongchang is putting on their primetime events, because whenever I turn on the TV, I just get curling. Yeah, well, see, here's our first issue, is we thought uh, the Olympics were in Sochi this year. Turns out mm. uh, that was the 2014 Olympics, we're in Sochi, and Sochi's in Russia, which yes. is different from Pyeongchang, South Korea. Um, however, one thing that I had to, you know, do a little fact check on mine, uh, being from the United States, I'm familiar with the Pacific, the mountain, the central and the East coast time zones. Um, however, uh, it turns out there's 20 more time zones cause mm. there's 24 hours in a day. Um, so I did not know that earth is round. <laughs> yeah. Earth is earth. sure. We're not flat earthers. Yeah. We're, we're going to come out and say we're not a flat earth podcast. Yeah, that's affirmative. Yeah. But there are 24 time zones mm-hmm. and Pyeongchang is in like. 14 hours, what are they, 14-something hours ahead of us? 14 hours, yeah. Yeah, it's just really hard for my brain to, like, wrap around, like, my small brain wrapping around that when I'm watching sports and it's dark outside and I had a full day that Sean White is going down and doing his Olympic run at, like, noon in Pyeongchang. And it just, like, that just blows my mind. Yeah, and maybe we don't get it live because of that. Sometimes yeah. we have to watch the rerun. And then yeah, you well, can't you know, check your phone. I will say NBC Olympics has done a lot better with not spoiling anything. They just tell you, like... Watch Sean White's amazing run here, or like check out the Super G and how it ended here, like or like on these primetime events that yeah. already happened. But they don't like tell you blatantly like they did in the last Olympics. Like Michael Phelps won gold medal, and you're like shit. Like that, I'm about to watch it. <laughs> you know. Like, so, anyways, um, moving on. That our average quality is just not knowing what time zones are. Um, would you agree? Yes. And uh, for that reason, I've set my watch to actually Pyeongchang time. Oh, I have like, a. it's, uh, like what a, time is it in Pyeongchang right now? Uh, let me hit the button right there. And it's two twenty in Pyeongchang cause, um, we're recording at a different time. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we're recording on a Saturday yeah. and it's a Monday show. So now we're, our hours and our time zones are even crazier yeah. than they were before. So if you see this, like I hit this button, it it's, tells me Pyeongchang it's bad time. Podcasting, but yeah, and then it goes back to the normal time. Once it tells me, and it's been long enough. Hmm. Yeah, that's nice. Nice fossil watch, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, this is not an advertisement. Yeah, I'm but... trying to get a job. Okay, yeah, it's sure. time to get a watch, I guess. <laughs> time to get a watch. Yeah, running on Coughlin time. Um. Anyway, so more talk about the Olympics. Um, we're not really going to go into detail about all the um, extravagant sports um, that the Olympics has to show for us. Mm-hmm. However, there is one sport. Um, that has just caught the, the guys from the back pocket on edge. We have tuned in every single night to this sport. We have dedicated uh, the majority of our hours, our time. We we build a lot of hours watching this sport. I think this has become Brian Tierney's favorite sport. Yeah, Brian Tierney, uh, friend of the program, I think, allegedly, allegedly. Uh, loves this sport. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, the sport of figure skating. Andrew. Yes, uh, figure skating 
when I originally think of figure skating, I think um, Blades of Glory. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's really my only connection to figure skating. I, w- I watch Phil. Uh, Chaz Will Michael Michaels. Chaz Michael Michaels and uh, Jimmy McElroy. Sure. Um, just taking over the world of figure skating. Uh, but now I'm truly invested in the sport. After <laughs> now we have Nathan Chen. <laughs> Nathan Chen, Vincent Chow, um, Adam Ribbon. I don't know. I, these might be names. I think they're there, close. There's someone that came from Canada that run the other day. Yeah. Um, there's the married couple, the United States couple. Don't know what their names there's are. There's the twins couple in the United States. Yeah. Or brother, sister. I don't there's know. also the commentators that are just absolutely... Uh, Johnny Weir. Johnny Weir and what's is his not name? a nice commentator. He's just mean. <laughs> he's flamboyant. Yeah, and mean. <laughs> oh my gosh, he's so mean. I, I've just never seen commentating like that. The bedazzled... Uh, um, Mike's too, like that's just bananas. Yes. Um, but anyways, yeah, I would just go ahead and say, like, you know, Blades of Glory, given it's a fiction movie and, and everything, but it's fairly accurate as to far as far as what figure skating is all about. Yeah, I've been waiting to see the uh, the Flying Lotus. I've been waiting for that move. Sure. I know it's been it's been practiced many times and has never been successfully completed in an Olympic event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're waiting on that uh, that. Uh, yeah, and let's not let's not forget that now we're kind of gurus at figure skating, so now we know what a short and a long period are. Yes, is it short and long period or is it term? <clears throat> I'm not sure. Yeah, okay. I know there's the short period, though. short and long term. Uh, they, they're uh, it was like two and a half minutes for the short, and, and then like five, five minutes and a half. Yeah, yeah. What, that's insane TV, by the way. Just watching someone skate for five minutes straight. Especially if they fall early, and then they just have to go four minutes knowing they're not going to get the gold. Yeah, like, if you fall after yeah. your triple axle, like, yeah. you're not... You're, you're not you're going to get the gold, but you yeah. got to keep going. Yeah, you gotta and, the, and the judges punching. will, like, make... Sh- like, it's kind of like a false, like, go get it. It's like, after that point, it's a college try. Yeah. <laughs> so... Would you say it's a um, subjective sport with judging? Because, like, there's... Or do you think they have it so technically, like based where it's pretty even for each routine yeah i think they got to the point where it's like pretty routine because like, i don't know, know what, how to judge them i just know that's pretty impressive like, i was like good for you triple axle signed me up yeah. did it back to back too and then king of quad axle nathan chen he falls all the time well the mixed the mixed uh finger skating event might be the most impressive event yeah in Olympics. oh my gosh they're hucking those women like 14 feet in the air and they're doing like five spins and then they land like yeah. on a, a, a little thin blade and i like how what? the i it's cool how the commentators like know when they're about to send it and they're like all right here we go <laughs> he's about to throw her and we're like oh my god yeah. <laughs> here he goes <laughs> it's nuts and they, they just go at ludicrous speed also i put that in there i don't know if it's if they, it feels like they go ludicrous speed as they're spinning what Fair to I say. mean, I'm, I'm, my name is Luda, and I'm at the top of my game, so mm-hmm. I'm guaranteeing they're at ludicrous speed. Sure. Yeah. Okay, That's man. a line yeah. from Luda I just remembered. Okay. Well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, they're super physical. Fast and fit. Furious, Luda. Yeah. Obviously, they're at fat, ludicrous speed. Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah. Great movie. Um, yeah. I just think it's ridiculous how physically fit they are, um, <clears throat> and just, it's nuts. Also, being in South Korea is just great, too. Yeah, the South Korea um, hosting this Olympics has been very interesting because i really didn't know much about south korea yeah. you hear a lot about north korea yeah. because obviously and that i don't need to go into that yeah that's for another not, time yeah we're uh, we're not a kim jong-un podcast i think yeah. we can go ahead and put that out there that is confirmed um but we are becoming a south korea podcast through this olympics mm. um and one thing that we learned through the um olympic ceremonies opening ceremonies was uh south korea is a they have tech rehab facilities is that correct yeah so kids are playing like way too many video games there like way more than they need to Mm -hmm. apparently and then they also play video games on their phone and i guess it's getting to the point where it's uh too extreme for them and it it just sounds like any other american just not recognizing that he plays Fortnite too much Mm -hmm. um and just posting it on their story and then like always being on your phone like they're they're i think they're ahead of the curve a little bit like they're addressing uh, issues that we that use we technology too much. Yeah, we don't know yet. Yeah, as we're staring at iPads and computers and recording a podcast, that's going to be on your phone. Yeah, we currently have three screens and staring at our face and, and a GoPro. And a GoPro. Yeah. And we're sitting here saying that uh, South Korea has a tech re- has a tech issue. Yeah, I think we need. <laughs> I think to we all got ourselves. tech issues. Yeah, um, but it sounds like a blast. You're absolutely right. I mean, if I was in tech rehab, like, what would I be probably, what would they be helping me with? They'd be probably sending me outside, right? They're trying to get me away from technology. Um, and what would we be doing outside? Probably, like, throwing the Frisbee. 
Tossing the pigskin. Tossing the pigskin, like, playing, I, playing catch. Like, yeah, I think we would live, like, sandlot life. Yeah. They would just, we would go and, you know, jump in the pool when it got hot outside or, you know, play baseball in the backyard. Like, I feel like tech rehab sounds like a blast. Except I don't understand, like, what the outcome of it's supposed to be. Like, are they supposed to just never use a cell phone again? Because I feel like that is a significant disadvantage. In life now, yeah. yes. And then, like, say if you had to tell a kid he couldn't play Fortnite anymore. How does how does that affect his life? You know, how is the social game after that? He's yeah. probably gonna have to talk to people. He's gonna have to talk to people. He's probably gonna do his homework. And like, there's a lot of a lot of glaring issues with this. And uh, is tech rehab for only children, or teenagers? Or are we talking? Well, I like, feel like people in the 40s that are they're just not doing their job, their ooh, 40 hour job. They're playing too much. Fortnite. I don't think there's enough mans out there that are 30, 40, 50 playing video games. We don't know the South Korea do. culture. No, we don't. We're, we're, we're ones that don't have tech rehab. They do. Yeah. So we uh, don't know. One thing I did learn, though, uh, this should be noted. Okay. Is, uh, oh, I'm looking at the wrong thing. Um, that, like, people, when they go to podcast or uh, tech rehab places, mm-hmm. they listen to podcasts. Like, they actually listen to, like, they say, like, music and just transitioning away from, like, looking at a screen, but just listening to music or listening to a podcast is... While they're playing catch? Yeah. <laughs> While they're tossing the pigskin. It's, like, even... It's it's good for them, I guess. Okay. So, uh, I guess we have a new market a that new we market. have to, to... Infiltrate. Yeah. We need to really get our faces in front of the tech rehab companies, um, wherever they are. And we're willing to sponsor all and any um, tech rehab places that are located in the United States that are upcoming, trying to get their name out there. Yeah. Um, we're willing, if you want to reach out to us, you're going to go on yourbackpockets.com um, and maybe hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star review. Yeah, on iTunes. Um, um, as well as give us your information. We'll sponsor you and give you a 30-second yeah. uh, advertisement. Yeah, we'll do a for great... Free. Yeah, for, for free. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah, we'll do a verbal handshake with you, mm-hmm. write up a contract saying, uh, hey, we'd like to have you on our podcast because we think we would be beneficial for tech rehab kids. Mm-hmm. As we are, we also might just go to the tech rehab as well. I think we need it. Yes. Um, but we are, we're in the middle school and we have girlfriends, not to brag. So yeah. we have a lot of different things on our plates. Let's just add tech rehab to it. Yeah. Might as well. For content purposes. Yeah. <laughs> Why Maybe not? personal reasons. Yeah. But it, like you said, it's give and take podcast. Uh, we give you a little bit of content. You give us a little bit of your brand name. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. So please reach out to us. <clears throat> um I think we should kick it to the interview. Oh, you think it's time? I think it's time. Uh, we have Cole Kelly on, like we said, and he is our fifth tight end. Um, again, we like to reinforce the tight end quality on the football field is so damn gritty, and it's just like us. We are wildly average on all facets, and the tight end position embodies us when you're playing football. Yeah. Um, I would also say, like when we first, like I, I think I mentioned earlier, like when we first started this podcast, we were not anticipating getting. Uh, now our fifth tight end on the show, no. and also looking to expand to get our sixth, seventh, eighth, you know, more tight ends. Um, but I think it was just a great coincidence, and, uh, you know, like you said, tight ends are, uh, you know, not the sexiest position, um, and they're just gritty, unstoppable forces in uh, not only on the football field, but in the workforce. We're going to hear more about that, so uh, let's get it up. Let's get it on. Today's guest is a big guest. This is our fifth tight end on the show. He doesn't know that, but now he does. Um, we've had five tight ends, and we consider them a um, cornerstone of our podcast at this point. Yeah, not only a cornerstone of the podcast, but a cornerstone of the football program, mm-hmm. or a, of a football team in general. Absolutely. Um, so we'd like to cordially welcome Cole Kelly. Awesome. How are you Thanks. doing today, Cole? I'm fantastic. How are you guys? Doing well. Thank you for coming. And I'd like to say congratulations on being engaged. Ah, thank yeah. you very much. That's I awesome. appreciate that. Uh, if you could inform our marketing interns, which we call our listeners, because mm-hmm. we're not very good at marketing our podcast. So we just tell other people about our podcast, and they listen to our podcast, and then they go tell other people. So I assume you heard about our podcast from someone else who listens right. to our podcast. Right, exactly. So hence the marketing interns. Yes. Got it. I so love that. It. So yeah. now I'm officially a marketing intern as well. Correct? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yep. We'll you put that on your resume. Carefully. Yes, yeah. perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, so our first question would be, how did you propose? Like, how did that process go? Yeah. Um, well, the actual day of the proposal, uh, so I'm from Red Wing, Minnesota. Beautiful place. If you guys haven't been there, uh, there's a park right downtown next to the river, surrounded by bluffs. Absolutely gorgeous place. Uh, Beck and I love walking around there when we go home to visit my family. So I proposed to her at the park. And after she said yes, we went back to my parents' house. All of her family was there. Uh, our friends were there. So it was awesome. One of the best days of my life. Mm. It, the best day of my life so Absolutely. far. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, advice for our marketing interns with the process. Did you, like, did, what did you, what's your, what's your, how do you choose a place? Yeah. What's, what, what's your go-to? 
How do I choose a place to do it? Yeah. Uh, it's one of our favorite spots to walk around when we're Personal in connections. Personal connection. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've been there multiple times, and, you know, it's just a place where it's just us, and a place that we've talked a lot about us and about our future, so okay. it, seemed, it seemed fitting. Okay. Awesome. Um, so, a uh, little side note, Andrew and I have girlfriends, not to brag, uh, not plan on proposing anytime soon, so that's completely unrelated, but we just wanted to put that out there. Yes. Um, they listen to the podcast? Yes, we've had them on. on the when podcast. we only, like, okay. force them to, they listen yes. to it. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're... Faith maybe a little more than Sierra, but they... No, uh, she doesn't so, okay. is so it okay that you're dating one of your marketing interns? Ooh. Is that... Ooh. Is there a prob- that's a little problem in the, in the... Yeah, it's yeah. corporate policy. Corporate policy. We had them sign waivers and soft sides. Okay, it's like, okay. it's all good. Like, yeah. The I'm, fact that we interviewed them, too, that, that, we're crossing all sorts of lines. Yeah. Um, oh God, they enjoyed the interview, but I don't know how well we did with the interview. I mean, allegedly we did all right. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, you know, speaking of like when the time is right, like how do you know when it, the time is right that Ooh. you don't have to like, like do pull the Caruso, like pull a recruiting pitch on the day you proposed to her. Yeah. Like, how do you know, how do you know, how are you feeling confident going into the day? You know, you know what? It's going to sound super cheesy, but when people say, you know, when you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's true. Uh, I had never had a second thought about proposing to Becca uh, it's you meet that person and you have the utmost confidence in them and just you're comfortable with facing your future together. You have no idea what's going to happen, but you know that you are going to have this person in your corner through thick and thin. Uh, and yeah, I was just so confident and ready to make that leap that I thought, what am I waiting for? There's no reason to postpone this any longer. That's awesome. That's and she felt the same way. Like there wasn't the famous like well, why? Why are you proposing now? Like, while you're on your knee, and then you had to, like, give her a spiel of, like, this is why I'm proposing to you right now. Or was it just, like, a You know yes. what? She, <laughs> did she yeah, she was pretty, she was pretty easygoing. She didn't okay. ask me any questions or, you know, like, break it down and mm-hmm. make me explain why. I think she took it at face value. Maybe if she's listening, I'm going to have some questions to answer later, yeah. but, yeah, she said yes. Okay. Okay, uh, so we got a softball question for you. Um, Could know. be a hardball, though. No, no, no. Oh, you're sorry. So this is a softball question. Right. We're playing softball. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not fast pitch. Uh, how many kids do you want to have? You know what? We've talked. Becca has one sibling, and I have three siblings. So somewhere between two and four kids, we've talked about that would be a good... A lot of averages. You know, yeah. Two yeah. plus four is six. Divide that by two. Maybe three. But that would be... Hey, but people, mathematically, you're yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? We're not numbers majors, but we can do simple math. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Um, <laughs> Did you have a calculator on you? How did you do that so quick? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Are they going to play football? I would be very happy if my kids played football, Mm -hmm. but whether they do or not, I would just want them to be passionate about what they're doing, whether that's a different sport or an instrument or whatever activity they choose. I just want them to... If they played video games, would that be something you'd want to do? If they play video games, they better be the best video game player in the nation, and they just, like, strive to be that. Okay, that. Is Red Wing a football town or a hockey town? Red Wing is more hockey. Um, when I played football there, uh, so in the three years I was on varsity, we won one game or two games. Yeah, so we had we had two uh, not not undefeated. How do you say that backwards? Two defeated seasons. Yeah, winless. <laughs> winless. There you go. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> two defeated. So I would say more of a hockey town. Okay. okay yeah. sure. I mean, I went one in eight. My senior year, so I feel for you. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. yeah. We do have a new coach, though, Nate Fryer. Okay, Heard okay. awesome things about him, so he's uh, he's on his way to bring the program So back. you plan on raising your family with Becca in Minnesota? Uh, that's that's the plan right now. Okay. Maybe that'll change someday, but okay. that's what we're thinking right about. On. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had mentioned earlier, um, average qualities. So, you know, 3 plus 2, what was it? 3 plus 2 times 3 divided by 2 is 6? Six. 6, yes. Anyways, uh... We, we're average guys. We're an average podcast. We Everything we do is fairly average. Mildly average. Wildly, Wildly average. average. I Thank mean, you. we do things sometimes really well, but we also do a lot of things not so well. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we're just very average. Yeah. Median guys. Given and taken. Yes. You know, strikes and gutters. Average. Um, so with that being said, Cole Kelly, what is your average quality? I would say I am very average, wildly average, maybe subpar okay. at mm. cooking. Mm-hmm. However, Becca is a great coach, and I've graduated from burning frozen pizzas and melting noodles, which is a real thing. If wow. you boil some noodles, walk away for like an hour and a half and come back and see what happens, <laughs> it's like a science experiment. It looks like this gooey mashed potato yeah, mush. Almost like lasagna, but not lasagna. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a great way to put it. <laughs> Spot on. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I have graduated. I've gotten better. Okay. Still 
very average. So, so she's a coach. Um, does that mean she's like a very good cook? She's a phenomenal cook, wildly Excellent. above average. Nice. Okay, and uh, she's, I'm learning everything. So her. you, as a, if you were both in the kitchen at the same time, you'd be getting in her way. You'd, essentially, you'd be, getting, <laughs> you'd be getting in her way. I was gonna say that'd be average, but you bring her. Yeah, that's because she'd be, yeah. be getting in her way. You know, yeah. you know the saying like, "There's too many cooks in the kitchen." Like yeah. Cole would definitely be like that, the plus one that's not in the kitchen. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's like a doctor. Like if she's the surgeon, I'm. She's like Cole scalpel, and I answer what she needs. Yeah, that's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Or like wrench. Yeah. But you know, and she probably like kindly asks you to set the table like almost every time that you guys are making a meal. Right? Yes, I'm it's like hey, I'm Cole, pretty Cole, good at setting. Yeah. Cole, would you mind uh, grabbing the beers out of the fridge and uh, putting the plates on the yeah. table? Can you do drinks? Can you do drinks? That's a uh, present. Solvent as well was that was her average quality. Yeah, we've had cooking. like four people say that they're average cooks, yeah. which makes me think that we should probably teach people how to cook. Yeah, we could start a Give podcast, a work. cooking podcast, okay. maybe. Yeah. There's a market for that. Absolutely. Um, I'll get the interns on it. Yes, absolutely. Um, now we can transition to um, some questions that we are kind of connect on a level with the St. Thomas football program. Like we said, you're the fifth tight end we've had on. We had Dane Mosier, um, who is our basketball insider. Or outsider. outsider. He's our NBA outsider. Okay. NBA outsider. We've had uh, Charlie Dottle while he was, right before he went to the Jaguars to try out for them. So that was really cool. We had to talk to him about like what he was prepping for. Uh, we had Kriegie on. And that was, he had just gotten engaged, or he had been engaged. He was just about to get married. And currently mm-hmm. he's on his honeymoon. He's on his honeymoon. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and then we had Jay Samaro, the NFL tight end. And through this process, like we've said several times thus far, this far, thus far on this podcast, Tight ends are the heart and soul of our podcast and the football field. Um, we understand that you guys are the greatest position. You're not going to get the limelight. But we do realize that it's a key fundamental to move the ball is with the tight end yeah, position. Absolutely. Um, you go first? Yeah. Um, do you feel the same way? Have you have that transition through your um, program or through your football time? Um, have you felt like you've been a corner position on the football field? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's a great answer. No, I. You know what? If we're not the the heart and soul of the team, we're definitely the goofiest bunch. Okay. Uh, kind of quirky, and I think maybe that's a theme of guys you get on the podcast and mm-hmm. you just joke around with. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, One thing that I've noticed about tight ends is like they're oddly oversized. Like they're just much bigger than everyone. And not only are they bigger in size, but they're bigger, um, just like just massive. Massive people. Not like basketball players where they barely fit in the room, but they're just like, they could be 6'2 and just like thick. Big. You know what though? When I lined up next to David Simmons, I felt pretty small. Yeah, that's fair. He's massive. He's one of the most large, he's the largest guy ever I've played with on a football field. Yeah, oh my god. It was absurd. Um, And you were touched on Cole Kelly. So you also were receiving some limelight. I mean, how many receptions did you have your senior year playing at St. Thomas? Uh, I don't remember exactly, okay. but I remember they're all in the red zone. They were all in the red zone. <laughs> so you were utilized when the, they needed you most. Um, so my next question was going to be, did you feel underutilized because they only used you in the red zone? Uh, I would say underutilized. So that's more of a question like how did the coaches put me in a position to succeed, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So if I would have chosen you know, my position and how I wanted to contribute to St. Thomas, I would have still been a linebacker. I don't know if you guys remember. I came in as a linebacker. I was on the scout team. Okay. Uh, I was like sixth or seventh on the depth chart. That's what I wanted to be. I loved defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so had I decided I want to go this route and stick to being a linebacker, I would have contributed nothing to St. Thomas. I would have never even uh, come close. I would have still been, you know, Six trying seconds. to get on the scout team, yeah. right? Um, so Coach Crusoe and Coach Kaczynski saw, you know what, he's not, he's <laughs> subpar, wildly subpar at mm-hmm. linebacker, and, uh, but he has potential as a tight end. So when they made that switch and they realized, you know, Cole could be better and could contribute more to the team from the offensive side, uh, I would say I was 100% utilized because that was the a greatest switch. I'm very thankful that they saw that and they made that switch. Absolutely. It's the best way to turn a question around. Yes. Uh, if anyone was noticing that, definitely just phenomenal work, Cole. Um, <laughs> but, you know, speaking of just college football in general and how, you know, we've all been through it, you know, sitting in the room, not to brag, but just very hard. A lot of, a lot of hours that we're committing. We actually calculated um, during the football season the minimum amount of hours that you put in per week is 26 hours a week, which is over a whole day. That's like the required time you have to be there. Yeah, and that's time. not even including hot tub time or uh, just recovery time or lifting on the side. 
in addition to all that. Um, just so speaking to in that light, you know, what was your biggest struggle going through uh, college football and more importantly, like the St. Thomas football program? Yeah, I would say, I mean, as you guys know, you go into St. Thomas or really anywhere in a college program and you have a ton of guys at St. Thomas, 120, 140 guys yep. who are extremely talented and extremely dedicated who you're trying to fight for a spot against. Uh, and that's, you know, that's a lot to overcome. Uh, my One of my personal stories about trying to get through that, break through that barrier, uh, when I was a freshman on the scout team, Coach Crusoe, is <laughs> oh thank god that didn't go oh, out yeah. <laughs> we apologize <laughs> <laughs> so coach Crusoe came over uh and we we're on the scout team and he is yelling at someone he's saying dan dan move over and so i don't think much of it and then a little bit later dan move and I'm looking around, I'm thinking, Dan better move. Yeah. I don't even know who Dan is. Yeah, I, don't, I don't even think we have a Dan out here. Yeah, who's, who's Dan Ferrazzo? Like, who's, who's man's is Dan right now? I have no idea who he was talking to. But a second later, he grabs me by the scruff of the neck and drags me off to the sideline and says, Dang it, Dan, if you're not going to move, you're not going to play. Oh. And so I said, oh, man, coach thinks I'm Dan. <laughs> oh. So for the rest of, you know, it was only lasted for a couple months, but a new goal then, instead of like, hey, someday I'm going to be a starter, it was like, hey, someday coach is going to yell at me, and he's going to call me Cole, oh, <laughs> so I need God. to step it up. Something to look forward to. So, yeah, exactly. It's the little things. Yep. Uh, but so that just puts in perspective, you know, you go into this team where there's so many awesome athletes and just try to, to try to get your name out. Yeah, I remember, like, vividly, my freshman year, wondering if Coach Crusoe knew my name. And like I, when I was on the scout team, I was doing as much as I could for him just to say my name when we were watching film. And I think the first time he said my name was when I did something wrong. Mm-hmm. But secretly, I was like, yes. oh yeah, absolutely. he knew my name, and he's like watching me. I did it wrong. I don't care. But he knows my name. That's like it was a, the biggest win of I had. I think freshman year was when he was like, Andrew, you're lined up over here. We need you to um, drop into a cover two in this um, formation next time. And I was like. Okay, yes, sir. And then, like, right, right when I was done, I walked to. I was like, "Thank you." He knows my name. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they, uh, I, you know how I normally like circle someone when you're watching film, and it's like the little huddle circle, and it says WTF, yes, like multiple question marks. So like, I didn't get one of those, but I got the circle one time on scout team. That was like my third time, and I just like dropped into a flat coverage. I'm like, what? What did I possibly do wrong here? Like, what did I do? And then he's like, "Who is this right here?" I was like. It's Declan. I said Declan, you know, because, you know, all the kids are like, who is, who is this? And they say me. And it's like, that's the dumbest thing. Dumbest thing. Ever no said. one knows who me no is. No one knows who me is. Dan. Dan. <laughs> Throw it yeah. out there. <laughs> who's, yeah, who's man's again? Uh, so I said Declan. And he goes, oh, great job, Declan. And then he thought I was Tobias for, like, the longest time because I was, like, Tan. Mm-hmm. And Tobias is, like, Similar number. Yeah. And we had the same number. Same number. Year. Okay. So it was just, like, I was, I was just in the mask of another kid. But, you know, I grew out of that. You know? it's, it's like the strangest thing with when you have someone that's wearing your number on the same side of the ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and God. it's like... They do it all the time. They do it's it so all weird. the time. It's like, come on. I, I got... Um, there was a picture in the um, <laughs> Pioneer Press. That one right there. Bad, bad podcasting. Right oh, yeah. Yeah. That one right there. After we won Tommy John. It was in the uh, Pioneer Press, the cover. And it said, Austin Robertson celebrates after a large win against <laughs> St. John's. And I was sitting there like... Austin Robertson is a great person. No, it was Will Walker. Will Walker. Either yeah. way. Not Andrew and Sarah. Not Andrew and Sarah. Will Walker, and it was, uh, he's another defensive player, linebacker. And freshman. Freshman, African-American. It was like, if you could just go on the Tommy Sports, <laughs> you could just tell that he's, this is Andrew, and this is Will Walker. Um, but we both played defense, so they just figured, that's, that's the same. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Sheesh. 140 people on it. Anyways, that happen. was, you know. That's St. Thomas football in a nutshell right there. I mean, it's like you hold on to the smallest things. It's not about the touchdowns in your case or the sacks or the picks or mm-hmm. the pick sixes or any special teams play, but it's just about, like, the small things, which yes. is so funny that's that what that's what you hold on to. Mm-hmm. But anyways, now, you know, Andrew and I are getting to this point. We're thinking about working, and, you know, that's a scary thought for us. Um, you were in a similar situation yourself. Um, and then... Can, can you kind of just educate us on how that transition went and then, you know, what your experience has been so far as post-grad? Sure, sure. So I graduated with a degree in entrepreneurship, mm. uh, which was super exciting. I love that degree. They actually make you start a business. I was like, Love Your Melon came out of that class, mm-hmm. um, which kind of overshadowed the rest of us in that class. But 
it was cool to actually get out there and just learn how to make a business run and what it actually takes to own your own business. Uh, so that was really fascinating to me. So when I learned about consulting, which is what I do now, it was that same idea as helping a business, you know, get over some problem that they're having or making them run better. Uh, and it just really made me excited. Uh, and you're going to hear it, if you've probably already heard it a million times, but networking, networking, networking. We talked about it a little bit earlier mm-hmm. um, and just how important that is. So I met my current boss through, you know, classic, like a friend of a friend of my dad's and got to know her. And she was telling me all about, you know, consulting and why she loves it and what it means to, you know, go in and figure out a problem for a company. And I thought that was just, it was awesome. So informational interviews, you know, I asked her to go grab a beer one day and just learn more about it. And through those interviews, uh, eventually uh, led to where I'm at now. And okay. I'm just, I'm very happy. I think it was, it was kind of lucky because, you know, it's, I didn't have to meet that person. Uh, but it's also, like I said, networking is why you have to try and meet as many people as you can because you don't know which one is going to, you know, provide an opportunity for you or give you a chance uh, that may very well change the path that you're on or where you think your career is going to go. Yeah, absolutely. So where were you initially right when you graduated? I had accepted a job at Target. Okay. Yep. And, and the entrepreneurial, like... Um, startup that you were required to do that kind of fell through? Oh, we drove that into the ground okay. within like three months. Yeah, we sold the women's <laughs> scarves. Uh, it was awesome. We had a little old lady in Farmington who was like our employee who knitted for us okay. and, and sewed. No way. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, I don't think we made any money. I think at the by the end of the class, we had averaged it out. We had been making like 25 cents an hour or something. That's nice. Uh, yeah, so it was pretty, pretty uh, not... <laughs> realistic to yeah. keep that going um <laughs> if i may ask what was the the golden nugget as like we like to call it your like cash cow uh, your star your your thing that you took away the most from doing that type of uh, career like just starting up something on your own what do you think was the biggest takeaway yeah i think the biggest takeaway was that it's not that hard to start something okay um i mean yes you need some money to get started you need uh, a product you need a plan but the actual pulling the trigger of it and saying, I'm going to do this, all that takes is, you know, a little bit of courage and a little bit of extra time to make that leap and say, hey, I'm going to get something started. But besides that, there's nothing standing your way except yourself on starting something new. I think that's where we're standing as well. Yeah, so we're right on the, we actually just bought uh, beer koozies for, that was the first thing that we've like really put as far as money goes towards something. I mean, we bought a domain or whatever, but that's a little different. Um, so now we're getting ready to figure out how to sell beer koozies with our like logo and everything on there. And uh, should we go into details about it, or should we just postpone that for? We'll postpone that. But the the reason why we bought the beer koozies or started with beer koozies is because we want to eventually sell apparel, and we figured before we sell t-shirts, baby steps. That's going to be expensive to buy in bulk. Let's buy something that is relatively cheap to buy in bulk and sell those and throw like a party. And then send charging for beer cups, charge for koozies, and then that's go. how we're going to get our name out. And then, like, I don't know how to um, work shipping and handling if we put this on our website, and then yeah. we have to start dealing with, like, that like type of going apparel. Going through FedEx shipping. and whatever it would but be, yeah. we have been 100% a trial and error podcast. We will say we're going to do something, we do it, and then we're like, that did not work. <laughs> but we learned that this might help it, and then we'll try that, and then we'll be like, okay, that kind of worked. Yeah. And we'll keep continue to push forward, and I think we've been able to create better content because of that we're like all right we're just going to try anything and everything because we've never done anything like this and we're just going to try to improve as we go yeah not to mention it's just all pro bono work so it's not like we're (laughs) we're like trying to meet some deadlines or anything like we're creating our own deadlines and meeting them sometimes yes (laughs) so (laughs) like it's it's how it works um so now travel puck we always say travel puck um we're moving on. So this is our uh, question presented by homie.io. Start your account and start building relationships today. Um, do you know uh, what homie.io is? Are you I don't. With homie? I don't. Okay, so I think this would really interest you. Uh, homie is a company that links students um, with the alumni of the institution. So you pretty much what we're doing right now is we're students at St. Thomas. We're reaching out to an alumni of St. Thomas and yourself. It works to just network, and that, and all it wants to do is build relationships and network people, and make it easy, and then from there uh, come jobs. So, like, if you're a consultant, obviously, so we, if we were reaching out to you, we would also be consultant football players, essentially, 
and then we would link with you and then all you'd have to do is go on our homey profile and then click refer to my company and it automatically sends an HR your HR person email with like all the attached information saying like hire this kid pretty much. Interesting. So yeah, yeah. it's this new company that we've basically uh, who's we're working with. Yeah, we had the, the CEO on. He was a Carlton alum and he reached out to us because he was trying to get to the St. Thomas community and he realized that like we're a podcast that kind of has an audience that as their main audience is at St. Thomas. So we had him on um, and now we're kind of working with him. But for our homie.io listeners, we have a few questions that will help them with the networking process. Um, you were an entrepreneurial major and you got into consulting um, through informational interviews. Um, was that process, it was fully self-driven, correct? You or organized everything along the way. It was no like you apply met. online and get a job. Essentially, yeah, no, I, I definitely wouldn't recommend that. Just applying online and get a job. You need to get your face in front of people. You need people to understand that you know if they're looking at resumes, they're going to have a stack about this thick, and you're just going to be another name in there. Unless they've met you, they know who you are, they recognize your name, and they say, "Hey, I know that person." It sounds like a person I would trust, a person I would hire. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes all the difference in the world to meet those people before applying. Okay. So how did, exactly did you get your foot in the door, I guess, is our, is the question we want to ask. Yeah, like I said, it was all through networking and following up, um, asking those people. You know, they people want to help. People want to uh, be uh, a support for you to get into whatever they do. Um, assuming that you, you know, don't screw up an informational interview, assuming people (laughs) like you. Um, But actually following up. So when they say, hey, we should get coffee sometime, you say, yes, I will, like, do you have a business card? I will uh, shoot you an email. I will set something up. What what works for you? Be on, you know, you have to be on their time. Uh, But actually going through and putting in the effort to say, I do want to meet with you. I do want to learn more about your job. Have questions. Be prepared on what you want to know about their job and why, uh, you're interested. Mm-hmm. Don't just you know let them do the talking. You have to be able to to speak about yourself and to ask like some organized questions. and reasonable questions. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Um, so the consulting industry you were unfamiliar with, and then you were able to get a job. How's that been so far? Um, you seem to enjoy the, the the overall concept of going into an organization and helping them becoming more efficient. Um, and has that been with organizations inside Minneapolis, or have you been? traveling? Uh, I travel all over. Um, yep. I worked on Houston. I worked, uh, I was in California a couple weeks ago, uh, Cedar Rapids. I spent a year down there. That was exciting. Um, but so one of the things about consulting is that you think, you know, theoretically, yes, I want to help companies do better. Uh, but then you graduate and you realize I don't have any, any experience as a college kid. How am I going to, you know, advise these, you know, CEOs and CFOs on how to run their company? And the biggest thing I would say for anyone who's interested in consulting or coming out of school and who's interested is that you don't have to be the expert in everything. People don't expect you to know the answer off the top of your head. What they do expect is that your full-time job is to help them solve a problem. So you need to be fully dedicated and working hard, doing your homework, and figuring out what's the best way to solve this problem. Um, And I think the biggest hurdle to overcome is that we are young, and when people see us, they see, you know, a kid who just graduated from college. I had a guy uh, at one one point who was, you know, we were in a meeting and he would offer everyone coffee before the meeting started. And he would offer everyone coffee except me because when I asked him about it later, <laughs> he said, oh, I assumed you didn't like coffee. You seemed like you were too young. It's too an acquired young coffee. Wow. And this is the person who I'm supposed to be advising and like helping yes. grow the company. Uh, <laughs> no so that was something that I really like clicked in my head. I was like, you know what? I can't just go in and assume people are going to trust me. I really need to have my facts straight. I really need to do my homework and know what I'm talking about and mm-hmm. be able to back that up before I give anyone any sort of advice. Okay. It's with that trust process. I mean, this is a question. We're a college podcast, so many of our listeners are college students. So this is kind of question that they might have um how were you able to build the confidence in yourself to work with people that you they probably looking down on you and you're high and trying to help them improve their company like how is that relationship? and i don't know if they're looking down but there's definitely a gap of trust there it's okay. like anything else you know um go back to a football example if you're brand new out of high school and coach crusoe is he gonna say i trust this person to we're gonna put him in on the goal line when it's you know a high uh you know 
pressure situation? No, because he hasn't seen what you do. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, you know, consulting when you get into a new client or a new project. Nobody knows you. Nobody knows anything about you. They don't know your history. And frankly, unless you've got 20 years of experience, they don't trust you at all to know what you're doing. So you have to show that. And you have to show that by putting in extra time, by going in prepared, kind of like we talked about with the interviews, having good questions, being organized, uh, and just and breeding that trust. So you can't go in and just say, I think we should do X, Y, and Z because I said so. Mm-hmm. Trust me. You say, I think we should do X, Y, and Z because I did the research and here's all of the supporting data behind that decision. Okay. That's sweet. So uh, as a podcast, we're big two roses and a thorn. Guys, uh, we pride ourselves on just always asking and incorporating two roses in the thorn of anything. Um, so, you know, you being in consulting, you being in the workforce now for how many years? Uh, going on three years now. Three years? Okay, so you have three years under your belt. What has been, you know, what are the two roses in the thorn of your work experience in those three years so far? I would say the first rose is you get to meet some awesome people. Okay. It's like anything else, you know, you transition from high school to college, you make a whole new set of friends. You transfer from college to the workforce, you meet even more people, just awesome, uh, awesome coworkers, awesome connections you meet through coworkers. Uh, some of those coworkers end up being your fiance. And that's Sheesh. awesome. No so when I was making cool. fun of you earlier about marketing interns, yes, <laughs> I did work with my fiance. <laughs> she it. was one of those informational interviews. Yes. I had no idea it would be my future wife that I, I was no talking to. But no yeah, way. so you meet some awesome and mm-hmm. uh, and very exciting people. Wow. Uh, the second one I would say is how much you learn through experience versus learning in the classroom. I really, really enjoyed... Um, a lot of my classes, but I really enjoyed taking those things and putting them in the real world and realizing it's different and realizing how much more you learn from actually doing something than hearing a professor talk about it. Yes. So, okay. Uh, and a thorn. Yeah. So I don't know if it's a thorn necessarily, but something that's uh, an adjustment for sure coming out of college is when you are working all day versus working, you know, you have classroom, then a break, do some homework, then maybe you get time to eat, nap, and then go back to class, whatever it is. <laughs> Obviously, I'm pretty lax. <laughs> well, no, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm just saying yeah. you have a busy schedule, but it's in it's in chunks, right? Yeah. Now take that busy schedule and you're going to do it all day. And you're going to take out that nap time that you might be able to sneak in every now and then. You're going to take out that workout time and mm-hmm. have to do that at night. and Or in the morning. Or in the morning. That's, By the way, where do you side on that? Are you a morning guy or a or a night guy? Uh, I I've done both or neither. I prefer working out at night. Okay. Uh, yeah, it sometimes just gets real early. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But I don't blame you. <laughs> but that's why it'd be the biggest difference is it's busy and it's a new schedule to get used to. But after you get used to it, it's not not hard. Okay. And traveling on the road, um, you seem to have being on the road more often than you are in Minneapolis. Is that fair? Yeah, I'd say for the past two years, um, my first year uh, working, I was in Minneapolis pretty consistently okay. with only a few trips here and there. For the last two years now, I've been gone Monday through Thursday or Monday through Friday at times um, consistently. Okay. And that's, uh, it's exciting to see some new places. Yeah. It's also challenging when you're on your own and, you know, you're kind of, uh, you don't have the, you don't get to see family during the week, you don't get to see your fiance during the week, um, you're just kind of got to get your own schedule and be able to manage yourself yeah. uh, and manage your time when there's nobody else nobody else around. So. Okay. Huh. Yeah. okay. I mean, this is kind of like the, people always say this is the time to do it because like if you're willing to commit to the traveling early in your career when you don't have the family, um, you get to see new places, but also you get to establish like the relationships of people in the East Coast and the West Coast, the different personalities and um, gathering how to handle different um, Just types of people, different types of people, different markets um, and um, have you been able traveling to different places? Have you seen different personalities when you're going, say, to Houston or going out west or something like that? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You meet, like I said, I love meeting new people. I've met some awesome, intelligent, hardworking people. I love the connections that I've made, um, and you learn about you know working with different types of people too. There's also been times where you work with a challenging uh, team member or a challenging client that you have to kind of overcome that. Okay. And so it's it's all been really, really fun. And yes, now's the time to do it. I don't think it's a, a forever, um, you know, traveling is not a forever thing for me. I want sure. to be able to be home during the week, uh, especially for like family things and, you know, talking about, you know, how many kids do you want to have? Eventually, <laughs> I want to be home for that. Yes, so. sure. Okay. Absolutely. 
Um, so now we're going to transition to the or transition to the back end of our show. Yes. Um, and should we start with the marketing intern question of the day? Yes. Can I ask this question? Uh, Andrew, go for it. Yes. Okay. So marketing intern question of the day. We did not give you this question. Um, this has been sent in from uh, one of our marketing interns, of course. Mm. Hence the title. Um, <laughs> nice, nice, nice. So our marketing intern would like to know um, about your childhood alter ego, Katrina. Um, this is coming from wild, well-known marketing intern, Tate Kelly, your younger brother. Yes. Um, he would like he would like you to share your story of your alter ego, <laughs> yes. Katrina. Alter ego is a is a <laughs> heavy word, <laughs> Tate Kelly. <laughs> That's uh, no, I That's appreciate I appreciate my younger brother throwing me under the bus. I'll talk to you later about that, Tate. <laughs> uh, yes, it is true. Uh, I. I had uh, an older sister actually her name was Jess okay. and she loved to play dress up with mm-hmm. her younger brother okay and we had a lot of dresses and a lot of wigs uh, and it is true I embraced it you know she mm-hmm. was my older sister she was picking on me and she dressed me up as Katrina and I said I'm gonna wear this I'm gonna run around the house yeah and I walked down to a family function a Kelly family function and introduced myself to my relatives as Katrina and I rocked it. You owned it. I owned hey, it. You can, hey, you can at least say you owned it. That's, yeah. It's that's 2018 now, so like I feel like that's more generally accepted. I think you've really paved the path for all those people to come. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Katrina. <laughs> that's phenomenal. We apologize for throwing you under the bus, but it's a it's a question we had to ask. Look, it's just a really good question <laughs> yeah. from a really good marketing intern. Is, mm-hmm. is how I look at it. Yes. Um, uh, so yeah, transit. Should we transition to the back end now officially? Yes. Um, so that so we should probably do that every time now. Also, a marketing so question. Yeah, just write that down. And like we should just have marketing intern question okay. of the day. Okay, I like that. Um, okay, so finishing, um, we ask uh, these two questions to our guests. Um, the first one is called the bar story. So um, imagine, I guess, should we set the scene? Imagine like you're sitting at Tiff's. Let's go with Tiff's local sports bar. Blown off steam after your uh, after work on a Friday. Um, it's happy hour, 4.30, um, and, you know, you're just sitting at the bar by yourself. Some random guy comes up. Um, you know, you're obviously just not going to talk to the guy for an hour that you're there. Um, so what kind of story would you tell that person um, that would keep him interested and, uh, you know, that, that it kind of describes, like, who you are as a whole? Interesting. Um, that's a good question. Uh, I didn't think that was what the question was coming from a the bar intended, story. The intended bar story? <laughs> what did you think it was? Yeah, I thought it was, like, what... Like, tell me a time about a bar, and I thought, that's, I don't know if I want to talk about that on the air. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, I forgot to include what it was about. about yeah, to set the scene. I, um, we've had people talk. Uh, we had a professor, Jill Mansky, an immunology professor, and she talked about her trip to nowhere. Once mm-hmm. a year, she drives without a GPS, without music, um, just with her dog, and she goes and... Just um, picks a direction. Picks a direction. And just goes. And goes. Um, and she'll drive for, like, four days out. And then just stop in random places, and then realize I've had enough, and then drive back home. She mm-hmm. does that once a year, kind of like takes a week off, center herself really again. Cool. It was yeah. really cool, um, and everyone kind of just has like a unique story. Yeah, um, just like an interesting story, like maybe something that's like a like a pivotal moment that kind of just like kickstarted your career, like just something that you always like kind of hold on to too. Also, sure. Um, so I can guess I can I can come up with that then. Um, I. <laughs> You know what, I had a, I don't know if I would tell this to a stranger in a bar, but I had uh, a situation happen last year where it was really, yeah, talk about a pivotal moment. Um, I was, it was a kind of a freak accident. I was pushing a car out of a snowbank. I got stuck last December. Just doing, it, as, doing as tight ends do, just throwing cars around. Just, mm-hmm. yeah, well, that's what, I, that's what I thought I was doing anyway. It was actually on Becca's birthday, poor girl had to Poor Becca. yeah deal with me on her birthday but I was pushing a car out of a ditch because I got it stuck and uh, during this time something happened something messed up my head my brain something uh, went wrong and I ended up in the hospital and I actually uh, got to the point where I didn't know if I was gonna wake up that next day I was terrified and I thought wow this is this is crazy and it was the first time in my life where I've actually thought uh, you know I'm not invincible. I'm not, uh, you know, bulletproof. I'm in a hospital, and I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if someone, they thought I might have an aneurysm. I was, I was terrified. Uh, and so from that point on, it's really like, you know, people say don't take things for granted. Oh, my gosh. I don't wish that situation on anyone, but if you ever get to the point where you feel like I have no idea if I'm going to wake up tomorrow, and then you do wake up tomorrow, 
oh man, you don't take anything for granted. Mm-hmm. I was so happy. I felt like uh, it's a wonderful life. You know, that last scene where he's like, I love everyone. Yes. That's how I felt. And that's, I take that with me, you know, every single day, or I try to remind myself every single day that, you know what, nothing's guaranteed. And uh, I'm just very thankful that I get to keep doing what I'm doing. I think that had a lot to do with, you know, finally making a decision to, you know, why am I waiting? Why am I waiting to propose? I want to get married. I was had the thought in my head, like, if I died, you know, during that time, what would I have regretted? And that was one thing, like, I would regret never being able to ask Becca to marry me. So mm-hmm. that would I would say that was a very pivotal moment for me. That's wow. awesome. Thank you for sharing. That's a phenomenal yeah. story. Uh, side note, are you okay now? Did they find out what was wrong? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. I'm good to go. Thanks for asking. Yeah, yeah. no problem. We care about our uh, our guests. Absolutely. No pushing of cars <laughs> out of ditches in the future. <laughs> I haven't pushed one lately. <laughs> okay. I'm going to ease into that. Yes. That, uh, yeah. My strongest man competitions have been put on hold. Yeah. Euless Payne will I'll do that. To <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, then our final question is one of our favorites. Um, it's it's a question of what did you learn today per se or within these this past week. Um, something that you've taken away from a personal experience or someone told you, you read, and that you could just share to our marketing interns? You know what? I'm actually going to say from today, just being here with you guys and seeing uh, the amount of work that you actually put in, actually leading up to this week too, um, the amount of work that you put in to put on a show and the number of people that you have to reach out to um, and like planning and editing. Uh, so there's a lot that happens outside of this that I think a lot of people don't realize, at least I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like, you know, sure. just two guys sit in a room and talk, but there's yeah. much more that goes into it than that. Well, so uh, I was very impressed. Don't that. make us sound that cool. Cause yeah. we're really, it's not that hard. <laughs> we're just we're a couple of average dudes. <laughs> we're just a couple of average dudes. We're, uh, you know, we do edit, we yes. do uh, plan a show and we do, like I said, we do sometimes meet deadlines. Yes. And, and, and yeah, that's what, I mean, there is a lot more that do, does go into the show mm-hmm. than just us two hooligans talking. Uh, to you or anyone absolutely so but yeah thank you thank you for noticing appreciate that and thank you for your time today um always a pleasure talking to another tight end um and talking to you today was awesome and i hope our marketing interns enjoyed the experience all right appreciate it guys Mm -hmm. so that was our interview with cole kelly great guy thank you so much for getting on um fifth tight end again uh it's absolute honor cole kelly Hopefully to have you on again. It was that much yeah. fun. Phenomenal stories. You know, just a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, now we're now we're on the back end. Mm-hmm. Um, just you know, if you've made it this far, marketing interns, you're just a gritty intern, and you and you just made it this far. And, and I'm we proud love of you guys. Yeah, we, and I'm proud you guys have stuck it out this far. Um, Andrew and I say it all the time. This is just where we're at our best. This is uh, just the best time to listen. It's when we're flowing, we're having a good time, and we're just ideas are popping up here and there. Um, so let's uh, let's get after it. Yeah, let's do it. You want me to start? Absolutely. Okay. So we have two segments here. What did you learn in a feel good story? Um, we're going to start with a what did you learn? This is from kind of like the time you woke up to right now. Um, but this is going to carry over from last night. Um, what did I learn? I learned that a comedy club is a hell of a time. First time I've ever been to a comedy club. There was um, three people that flew in from San Francisco to a um, little like hole in the wall um, underground establishment that was phenomenal. Um, but while we were at the comedy club, what did I truly learn? That audience participation is hit or miss. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, uh, uh, absolutely. Like um, when we were there last night, there was a uh, flamboyant gay couple in front of us, um, and then to the west of us was a drug dealer, and uh, allegedly we don't know if he was actually a drug dealer. What, what would you pin the guy? I don't know. He was rolling cigarettes while they were performing. Like, I don't know if drug dealers do that, but he was rolling tobacco. Yeah. Um, at this little, it was like the size of a king, like a, what would you, like a, a nice bedroom. Oh yeah. It was just like the, it was called the comedy club underground. We mm-hmm. totally vouched for it. It was an unbelievable experience. Um, it, you ba- they basically put you in like the basement of a bar that was about the size of like a nice master bedroom. Mm-hmm. And then there's just packed it just full of people with a little tiny tables and chairs and there's a waitress coming around for drinks, but, um, the audience participation, <laughs> aside. <laughs> aside from that, the audience participation is hit or miss. When you're called on, you, you just participate for that one instance. Um, example A. Example A. Declan was called on. He gave him a one-word answer, and then he got roasted, but that's he doesn't need to say anything else after that. Like, let the com- the comedic be a comedic. Yeah. Don't, let the comedic... Yeah. Don't let, engage in further uh, conversation. Right. You're and, not the comedian. No, you're not the comedian. And the uh, flamboyant gay couple and the drug dealer were two instances that hit or miss. Like, the first joke they made with him, so funny. Like, it was perfect. Everyone was laughing. Like, they, he got the, the 
couple stood up and was, was high five and the uh, comedic. Yeah. But then after that, he kept on like stealing punchlines and like making comments throughout the rest, and it was like stop. Yeah. And then the the uh, allegedly drug. alleged drug dealer did the same thing. It was yeah. like just you got called on once, just you don't need to continue to talk. Yeah. And you just always had like two cents, and it was yeah. like it wasn't really that funny, but. The whole show in general was hilarious. I highly suggest anyone who uh, you know loves to laugh, which I think is everyone, yes, um, to go to a comedy. Club. And we're looking to get these guys on the podcast yeah. because they were great at talking story. Yeah, they phenomenal people who learn who know how to talk story. So mm-hmm. be on the lookout for that. <clears throat> what I learned completely different from what Andrew learned um, yesterday, or actually no today. Sorry, I uh, used integrals. Like math integrals, Andrew, are familiar? Integrals by parts? Yeah, sure. <laughs> UV minus VDU. Um, I use integrals to find the weight and max stress on a taper pole. So a taper pole is something that starts out thicker on the bottom, and then as you go to the top, it gets a smaller diameter, Okay. which is like any light pole or anything. So I calculated the weight and the max stress on that. I'm not going to go into detail how I did that. However, I will say for all of those people out there who are you know, in math class right now, taking their uh, Calc 200 class, and or even in high school, maybe they're really good at math. Pre-calc? Pre-calc, yeah. If you're taking, even pre-calc, like, why am I learning derivatives and why am I learning integrals? Um, they're actually applicable if you become an engineer, at least. I don't know if, I don't think you've used an integral once in your, in your, in business, so I am not, uh, I will not vouch for that, but I will vouch for um, just, you know. The industry of engineering. In- industry of engineering. You do use integrals and you do use derivatives, so okay. just make sure you learn them. Absolutely. So. Um, and with that being said, we're going to transition to our second segment of the back end and our final segment of the afternoon. Sure. Um, our feel-good story. Mm. <clears throat> and this is one that I had to write down um, because it's, our, uh, it's a great feel-good story. It's our co-host's birthday uh, this past week, and we had a hell of a time. Uh, it was a fantastic birthday. We went to this com- uh, comedy club. Um, Part par recommendation of Mark going to one in January. He was like, great time. Let's... Go to another one. Yeah. At, with the boys. With the boys. Yeah. See what uh, happens. And some ladies. And some girls. Of yeah. Course. Of course. Um, Can't forget them. And uh, it was just, a, it fired on all cylinders. We were pleasantly surprised. We couldn't find the establishment at first. Yeah. Um, which took a while. Took a while because it was underground and yeah. we didn't really know how to get in. And it, like, they weren't kidding when it said underground. Like, yeah. it was, this was underground as hell. I wore my winter jacket the entire time. Yeah. Because it's just draft coming in. Draft. It yeah. was cold. It's just cold. Basements are always cold. People yeah. forget that. Um, yeah, thank you, Andrew. It was my birthday, February 16th. You're 22. Uh, How do you feel? 22. Okay, so I have a little little uh, segment to do on just on being 22. Okay. So I turned 22. Let me put 60 seconds on the clock. Okay. Go. I turned 22. It's, you know, everyone says it's Taylor Swift's birthday. Like, you, it's your Taylor Swift birthday because she sings a song at 22. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, cool. How does it go? I woke up. I'm feeling 22. Oh, oh that's so. the one. I got you. You know, I'm not going to bash. I'm going to bash Taylor Swift. She's a great singer. You know, let her do her Allegedly. thing. Allegedly. Whatever. Kanye West. Um, however, you know, I'm sitting in the morning, like, feeling 22, obviously. And I'm like, who else, like, who else could I attribute my birthday to that's 22? Um, well, first off, I could tribute to my mom, Modog. She was 22. All-American lacrosse player at Northwestern. I was like, sure. I mean, she's my mom, so... That's not, that was her jersey number. Yeah, and like not like no one's gonna know that besides me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah. Then did a little digging, and I found out that Elgin Baylor, number twenty-two. Oh, so uh, my birthday. Everyone was like, "It's your Taylor Swift birthday." I was like, "It's absolutely not Taylor Swift's birthday. It's Elgin Baylor's birthday." Okay. So uh, it was my Elgin Baylor birthday. Um, it was awesome. I had a blast, and uh, just made me feel great. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm thinking my twenty-two is gonna be Andrew McCutcheon. Andrew McCutcheon? Granted, he's traded to the Giants, but I'm still going to... No love lost. No love lost. He and did a lot for my organization. Yeah, and then I did some more digging. You know, Elgin Baylor's 22, Michael Jordan's 23, um, we got Champ Bailey, 24. Okay, so you're, you're Reggie Bush, ready. Reggie you're Bush ready on the, the Saints, 25. Yep. Um, Darian Stewart for the Broncos, safety, 26. Okay. 27. That's up for you to I could have done Clinton. No Sean Marino. No Sean Marino. I could have done Clinton Portis as a 26, too. Yeah. 28. We won't even keep going. Anyway, yeah, Marshall. Austin Lord's twenty nine. Twenty nine, Lunchy. <laughs> okay, uh, anyway. and you see, we're we're making names up as we go, and it makes us feel good. Yeah, and, and I hope it we're was making great. those guys feel good. Yeah, and I hope you guys have a productive week. Uh, I hope you guys felt feel good on your birthdays when those when those come around, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, just have a great time. You know, live free and prosper. Love the, love the process, and just get after it. Love you guys. Take care. Take care. Take care.